There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. This is our Friday edition of the podcast. This is our last podcast before we go to our King James Bible Conference. Hey, would you let people know about the conference? Would love for folks to listen. And uh, you can download the messages, listen to them on AnselmEvangelist.com. You can just send the link to that, or you can tell them to search for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, different places. And so would you have folks tune into that? We're thankful for the family camp, what the Lord has been doing this week. And uh, of course, Rebecca and I are getting ready to go to Maine. This will be our last podcast that I'll be speaking on until we go to the state of Maine. And we'll be up there for about a little over two weeks. And so pray for us. Let's pray God will just give us traveling mercies as well as uh, the power of God in services. We need the Lord to move. We have a special guest preacher on the podcast today. This is our friend, Brother Stephen Asquith. Stephen has recently been converted to Jesus Christ. And he's been in the house of God many, many years. The preacher's son raised in the house of God. He's announced a call to preach. And so I asked Stephen, I said, Stephen, would you do a podcast for me? He said he was willing to. And so I pray that you'd listen to the man of God, listen to the message that God has given him that he brings to us today. And so, Stephen, you go ahead and preach what God has laid on your heart. Well, I'd like to thank Brother Tim McVeigh for the opportunity to speak on the podcast. Uh, I spent all of my life, 32 years, knowing full well I was lost. I did not have the experience of many church children growing up in church and saying a prayer and believing that they were saved. I said many prayers to God, but never felt some conversion experience. And I was brought up in a church that taught that you would have assurance of faith. You would know that Jesus Christ had saved you. And since I had never experienced that, I had never had a deep down where Jesus Christ gave me assurance in my heart. I just went on knowing I was lost. And I thank God for that today. And I, I pray that many, many others might, might teach this. It, it's, it's such a sad thing that we, there's, we go into so many churches and the children are taught that they just need to say this prayer and they rely on that all of their lives. And though their lives are destroyed and they live in just horrific secret lives of sin, they're just taught, no, you're saved, you're saved, and they have no assurance. They have absolutely no assurance, and yet they go on believing that they're saved all the way up until their death. And what a horrific thing. What a horrific thing. One of the things that I was, uh, I left home when I was about 18 and really went into a life of sin, and I knew it was to my own parents' great agony and, and shame, too, and what a terrible thing to do to your parents. And yet I had no longing for the things of God and just thought I can be happy living the way that the world does live. And I'll just keep some of the stuff my father has taught me about working hard and such, and I'll be happy out there. And 
God proved me wrong on that. And by the time I was 26, I had a girlfriend and I just longed, I just longed to be happy again and was in such misery. And I decided to come back to church and, and God was gracious enough to bring me back to church. And I married that girl just in a desire to do the right thing. And I was back in church for many years at, from that point on, seeking God and looking, looking to find some assurance of faith. And God began to give me different verses and, and show me different things about my lost condition, but I, I still continued on lost year after year, slowly purging out old sins. And many would say, gosh, isn't that fellow saved? But I had no assurance in the inward parts. Living right is not salvation. Purging out the old sins is not salvation. Living a right life is not salvation, but salvation is in Jesus Christ. And came to a point where eventually I was now doing almost nothing but reading my Bible and, and studying and, and praying and consecrating my, even my drives to work to listen to preaching and praying and Boy, that sounds like a sanctified life. Surely that man must be saved. But no, I was not saved. Going to meetings, spending all of my time going to preaching and listening to it, lost, lost, but knowing it. And I thank God that he gave me parents that taught me to look for assurance, to look for assurance of faith and, and would show me out of the Bible how God said he would come and grant peace and much assurance. <clears throat> And I'll look over here at a verse in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses, verse 28. It says, Jesus talking, and he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And God began to speak to me in that, in that verse. Showing, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. It was a special invitation to a man such as myself laboring to find rest in Jesus Christ, laboring for the things of God and yet not having the peace of God and yet laboring. And I seen here God reaching out his hand toward me saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Now, what a wonderful thing that God would invite even those who are struggling. And he does. And he does. And he will save a man even in the deepest and darkest struggles of their life and in agony over sin. God will save such a man, and he'll give him peace. I can testify to that. Came down to the time when God would finally save me, so it should say should finally save me. I was attending a meeting and was deep under conviction and was in agony for my soul. And a, and a man, an evangelist, got up and preached uh, out of one of the Gospels of Jesus, one of the miracles, Jesus healing a man of his sight. And the man had come to Jesus, and Jesus just said to him, What wilt thou? And he just preached a, a simple message. What do you want? It's so simple. That's all. He just kept saying, What do you want? What do you want? And in my heart, I was crying out to God for salvation, greatly desirous of that thing. And I... And I went forward that night and I just laid on the altar while that man was preaching and, and uh, those folks there at that church probably thought that was pretty strange, but 
I just begged God for salvation, and he granted me such a prayer as to just lay it all before him, all my thoughts and all those pent-up things that you just can't find the words to speak. And I was able to lay it out before God, and yet I got up that night with still no peace. And I knew that should God save me, he would grant me such an assurance that I would know. He would grant me joy. He would grant me peace on the inward parts. And I went home that night, not tortured, but in an agony that I still had not found peace. And what more must I do? What, what, what can be done for a soul such as myself? And there was another service that very next day, and a man from our church, Dale Morey, got up and preached. And as he was preaching, he, he seemed pretty nervous, and I was pretty nervous myself. I felt God was moving inside of me, and it, I was just excited to hear what might be, might be said. And he came to a verse in Romans 3, verse 22, or Romans 3, verse 22, and it says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And before God had given me an understanding in this verse, before even that moment of salvation, he'd given me an understanding probably months earlier as I was looking at this chapter really in depth as a lost man, as a lost man studying the word of God in depth studying, that that thing said, unto all and upon all them that believe the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So that breaking it down, he said that righteousness is offered unto all and it's upon all them that believe. So this offering was an offering to all, not that Calvinistic approach that it's just for God has foreordained certain men. But he said, even the righteousness of, let's read it. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. And he'd given me an understanding to see that that righteousness was offered to all. So I knew it was for me. I knew it was out there for me, but upon them that believe for there is no difference. And as, as Dale was preaching and he just read that verse, I just, I just remember the just stunning shock to read that next part, and God gave me an understanding and that belief in that moment that it's upon all them that believe. They have it. Them that believe. It was to the believer. And suddenly I had that faith of Jesus Christ. And I just audibly said, wow, and said nothing more. And you just have to know the long time that I had struggled with this thing of faith and looking inwardly and not trusting my own thoughts because I'm such a liar on the inward parts and outward too. But I struggled for a long time and, and did not even come forward to others even after I'd had that moment of understanding that it was upon those that believe. But God had saved me and he began to, he began to open the scriptures to, to me and he began to give me great joy, great, wonderful joy and in taking me into verses in Ephesians talking about purchasing my sins with his blood and what rejoicing, what rejoicing. <laughs> Let's read over it a little bit more in Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. After that verse that says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now just go back into my testimony a little bit more and speak of 
where I began to see that my parents had a burden for me. When I left home, I tortured them. I'm sure there are men of God that listen to this podcast and perhaps you have had children leave home, perhaps you have not. But for a man of God to watch his child go out into the world and them believing in the word of God and knowing the truth of the word of God, what an agony to lose your son to that. What an agony that he grew up in church and cares nothing for the things of God and is certain to just go out there and just do as he pleases. And I understood that I was torturing them to a certain extent. I did not dwell on that. I would see my mother's tears when I would visit and she would weep over me. And I would not let that get to me. I remember one time a couple of years after I'd gotten back into church, I was probably 28 at this point, my wife brought a letter to me that my mom had written to me while I was in the military and I was away from home. And she had just written a letter out to me about a prayer that she'd had for her son. And I just wept as I read that letter. She cared so much and I cared so little. But then one, God, one day God showed me that burden that my parents had was actually Jesus Christ's burden for me. They had a burden, but Jesus Christ had that burden for me long before they did. He saw me many, many years before I was ever born. He saw what I would do and he said, I will give them these parents. They will care for this rebel. They will love him. What a wonderful thing to have a savior that would love you even in your rebellion. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a hard thing to understand because I would see the weepings of my parents over me and my lost condition and my caring nothing for the things of God. But God's burden is light. And he gave them joy throughout all that. And he gave them peace through all that. What a marvelous thing. And I, I, I pray now that God give me a burden for people in the same manner. I'm going to look over at Isaiah 58. The word of God says in verse number one, cry aloud and spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching unto God. And boy, did I have that down a path, seeking him daily, delighting to know his ways, and acted as though I was not one that had forsaken his judgments, and acted as though I was not one that was doing all these things against him, hating him in my heart. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, in verse 3, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? And I can remember crying out to God and begging him with these very words before he showed me this verse. <laughs> not, perhaps not word for word, but crying out to him, my God, why will you not save me? Why will you not save me? For years searching for salvation. And he, gave, he gives an answer here. And he said, behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You should not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the 
Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal the bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house, that are cast to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Praise God. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Those verses speak heavily to me as I, I reflect upon the, the struggles over the years, the years in a lost condition, crying out to God. I'm not talking about it going to church and being troubled about your soul. I'm talking about going to church and being troubled about your soul and going home and being troubled about your soul and going to sleep and being troubled about your soul and going to work and being troubled about your soul. Always. And God can bring a person to that. Would you let God bring a person to that? He certainly can. I'm thankful that I was in such a church that they did not pressure me this way or that. They just let the word of God bother me. Isaiah chapter 35. <clears throat> Verse 8, the verse God gave me right after salvation, and I, I greatly rejoiced in it. It said, And an highway shall be there in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men. Though fools, though fools shall not err therein. Hallelujah. I found myself speaking as as I believe it, it's, it is Peter over in John chapter 6. And I can remember reading this verse, and I'm talking, reading this verse and just jumping out of my chair and walking violently around, the, around my tiny little apartment and see it. When these verses came to me and I said, yes, yes, sir. Isaiah 6 chapter, verse 69 says, and we believe, Peter's talking, let me just back up. Then said Jesus unto the 12 in verse 67 of John 6, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And I had been brought to a point where I knew, where could I go? There's nowhere to go. There's absolutely nowhere to go. There's nothing to do but be in the word of God to find Jesus Christ. Verse 69 says, And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And boy, when I read those verses, I just jumped out of my chair and just rejoiced, just rejoiced. And it was such a wonderful thing to feel the, the joy of God come up in my heart as those verses came to me. Well, we certainly want to stay, thank Stephen for being here with us, recording the podcast. What a blessing it is to hear the testimony of the saving grace of Jesus Christ in his life. And uh, again, you know, it's part of the labor of ministry. We're co-laborers with Christ. And for 13 years, I've been preaching at the church where Stephen goes. When I first 
met he and his wife. They just returned back uh, to the state of New York. We're back in the house of God. And I've watched over these years, he's struggled and watched as God has done this work in his life and done this work of unraveling his life. And he would have been without excuse had he died without Christ. And he wouldn't have any excuse to have anybody else to blame. Had some difficulties in his life, had some hardship in his life, had some difficult things he went through, not of his own doing. And they were compounded by his own doing and the work of his hands, the fruit of his doings. But Jesus Christ, the righteous, stepped in. Jesus Christ, the righteous, intervened. Jesus Christ is that bread of life. And my friend, if you'll eat of that bread, you'll never hunger. He's that water of life. If you'll drink of that water, you'll never thirst again. He has a water and a fountain that you'll never thirst. And my friend, it's a refreshment to a thirsty soul. He is strength to that weary body. He's a holy God. He's a just God. And how we thank him, how we praise him. I want to thank God for the work he's done, the life of Stephen Asquith. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord give you a good weekend. We look forward to seeing you and hearing from you at the King James Conference beginning this Monday on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.